When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Here we go. There's only four words. This is something something Broncos. This one's for Pat. Featuring Mike DeSico and Jess Place. Welcome to Something Something Broncos. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a season-ending Something Something Broncos post-game show. Uh, your Denver Broncos were just absolutely smoked by the Raiders of Las Vegas. Uh, kind of a sad little note for the, the season to end on, but but there is a silver lining. Uh, the Broncos will jump uh, uh, the Raiders in the draft order, and thankfully, uh, former Bronco Matt Prater also missed uh, a field goal with seconds to spare that uh, also helped our draft position. Uh, so the season is over. Uh, the Broncos uh, have lost now to the Raiders eight times, which my brother-in-law keeps reminding me uh, about. Um, initial thoughts. You want to talk about the game? Do you want to talk about the future? Chris, take us, take take the helm here. I think that we tried to bargain and tell ourselves that, hey, even though we lost the playoffs, if we can end the season with a win against the Raiders, things will be better. It would have been Denver's first winning season since 2016, and it would have been their first win against the Raiders in four seasons. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. 
the Raiders ran the ball like crazy with Zamir White on the Broncos defense. Our offensive line was pummeled by the Raiders defensive line and the Broncos lost. But the silver lining, as you alluded to, is instead of picking perhaps like 18th with the win, they're now picking 12th. So that's better than where they would have been. And after watching the game today, I think that the big takeaway is that the Broncos are further away from competing than we all originally thought. Well, that is Christopher Hart of Mile High Report joining us. Uh, and also on the podcast is uh, Mike DeSico joining us uh, for a postgame pod. Hey, Mike, it's good to see It's good to see you on, on a Sunday. Uh, are you as impressed with the Broncos as your Twitter feed uh, implies? No. Yes. I don't know. I, I disagree with what Chris said. I, I didn't want them to win. I didn't you know, the winning record and all that, because that's going to be forgotten in five minutes. A better draft pick will be something that will could, could alter this franchise for years, a decade, if we get the right quarterback. And that's assuming if we even take a quarterback in a game, in a season full of awfulness and mediocrity and forgetful uh, games, this is just another forgettable game. So win or loss, it didn't matter. The only thing that matters now is who's gone, who's back and who are we adding? It's all about next year. Even before today. Well, well with the season year. being over, I I agree with you. It is <laughs> all about next year. What about Vance Joseph? The the defensive showing in this game uh, had uh, a lot of folks kind of buzzing about uh, maybe we were a little too hasty in apologizing to Vance Joseph. The the effort in this final game was was severely lacking, when, especially when we needed stops on third down. The the thing about uh, the defense when it was going well, we were getting a fluky amount of turnovers and you don't build long-term success on flukes. So Walmart money maybe says, yeah, we eat the contract, but at some point they're going to stop eating these contracts. So he should be gone. I uh, want to apologize to people for apologizing to Vance Joseph. And I don't know, Chris, do you bring him back? I think that you have to. I think that one of the hardest things to come to terms with over the course of the season is that there's just a significant talent deficiency on defense. True. That defensive line has only one good player on it. Zach Allen has been a good player throughout the season, but everybody else getting significant snaps on that defensive front is just a jag, just another guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are things with Vance Joseph's defense that aren't great, but – I mean, Fabian Moreau is your number two corner. Like, that's not good. Uh, that's not his fault. had injuries in the secondary. And it's just one of those things that you look back season after season after season with the Broncos, whether it's on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball. They've continuously went through coordinators, offensive and defensive, and that's just terrible for player progression. Mm -hmm. I don't think that Vance Joseph necessarily deserves to be fired, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos maybe go in a different direction. At the very least, they need probably three to four to five different starters on defense anyway. So, sure, you could bring in a new guy with a different scheme, but unless they improve that talent pool, they're probably not going to be much better next year. But they need help on the defensive line. They need help at edge. Uh, number two corner outside of Patrick Sertan. Uh, probably uh, outside safety outside of Justin Simmons. Uh they need three to four to five different starters at the very least. So I don't think that they'll fire him. I wouldn't fire him. I'd try to keep continuity and scheme, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. So you would say this is more of a J. George Payton problem than a Vance Joseph problem? 
for leaving the cupboard bare? Uh, well, and, and the news that broke this morning is that they're expecting George Payton to come back and be GM of the Broncos in 2024 and his uh, fourth season with the team. And, you know, it's one of those things that I think that Payton has drafted some decent players, but with the Wilson trade, you gave up two years of first round picks, two years of second round picks. And then last year, the ownership decided that it was in the team's best interest to trade for a head coach, which made us lose a first round pick and a second round pick this year. So we're operating at a three-year talent deficiency of yeah. first and second round picks on either side of the ball, which is just terrible. And George Payton, to be honest, with some free agent signings, Randy Gregory, I mean, that was total from the get-go. I mean, I thought that was a horrendous signing. Uh, some of the other guys that he's brought in haven't been good. So, yeah, part of it is a George Payton problem. He hasn't procured the talent necessary to help take the Broncos to the next level. But as of now, it appears that he's going to be in the fold. And, and like some people have alluded to, it's just not very common to can a GM leading up to the draft. But maybe after the season, uh, uh, after the draft, after free agency potentially. But, yeah, uh, the, the Broncos have a way to go. Uh, a long ways to go. I'm getting I'm getting good uh, Brian Zander's vibes from the uh, from the retention He's of the <laughs> George Payton. Yeah, it's it's he, uh, Sean just needs to know where the bodies are buried. Get through this this draft, this free agency period, like you said, Chris, and and I think his usefulness will be expended. So let me ask you guys a question. As much as anybody over the last six seven years, which is most of us, I've been beating the table. You, you have to have an answer at the quarterback because the quarterback covers up those sins at wide receiver at offensive line. And like Chris said, the cupboard's bare because of all these trades. Do you go all in and try to move up for a Derek May, Caleb Williams, or is the cupboard so bare? You're like, we have to hold on all these picks and whatever, whatever quarterback falls to us, we take like which, which one is better for the long-term health of this franchise. I mean, I think that the, uh, Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Chris. No, uh, I think that uh, the uh, outlook for the draft is going to change uh, between now and um, and draft day. I, I, th- I think our, our picks are going to um, be different than what we have now. I, I, I see. I see, do they do they move PS2? Do they trade him uh, for those picks that would enable them to move up and, and get um, a Drake May? Uh, maybe. I mean, there's. It, Everything is on the table. Benching Russell Wilson, who saw that coming? Not many, but that. <laughs> uh, Mike Mike raised his hand. Um, but yeah, you you have to you have to think that everything's going to be on the table. This so team is going into the draft is going to look different. The the arsenal of picks that we have is going to be different than what we see today. Um, and so so I, I, what do you, do you just though? settle on a quarterback? I, I don't think I don't think we would ever paint it that way. They would never say they just settled on the quarterback that fell to them. Um, I think they're going to be very thoughtful in how they proceed. But would you, are they pushing the chips all in to try to get up, or are they holding their picks back because they need the depth and they're going to take best player available? Because whoever is the best player available at twelve is a position of need for the Broncos. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. The tough variable in all of it is if you take a look at the draft order as it stands right now, there are at least half a dozen other teams picking ahead of the Broncos that could very well be choosing a quarterback. Justin Fields' time in Chicago, we don't know if it's done, but Chicago 
has the number one pick courtesy of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Washington Redskins pick second overall. Commanders. And e- even though Sam, Sam Howell looked pretty decent, Commanders. but it's, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, even though he looked decent, there, there's no way that they're going to roll with him. Uh, Ron Rivera is probably not going to be back. So whoever comes in as the head coach, there's probably going to want to pick a quarterback. So Caleb Williams, Drake, Maine, even Jane Daniels from uh, LSU. Yeah. From LSU. I was thinking his time in ASU, but now he's at LSU. You would have to assume those guys are going to be top five picks. You've got the giants in there. You've got Tennessee, even though they have Will Levis. I mean, I mean, Atlanta, uh, the the Jets long-term Minnesota, all ahead of the Broncos. And I wouldn't doubt that they're going to turn over, Every possibility is what it yeah. takes to move up. But as you've alluded to, and as I've talked about before, they're operating at such a talent deficiency in picks and, and everything the past three years. I really don't think the Broncos are going to be aggressive in moving up for a quarterback. I could very well be wrong. I'm one of the people who wrote in podcasts, but I, Patrick Sertan's a great player, uh, a top three player at his position. How desperate are you as a franchise to have to trade away one of the league's best players on defense just to have a shot potentially at a guy that you want. Uh, If it's me, uh, I know a lot of people will disagree. I know that a lot of fans out there don't like J.J. McCarthy. I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with them taking him at 12, but I think the Broncos' best option, given what we saw today, given what we've seen throughout the season, that trading back a little bit and getting back, uh, you know, a second round pick that we don't have because we traded for Sean Payton and, and just adding more picks into the mix is better for the long-term health of the franchise. And, and by doing that, that doesn't necessarily mean that they mess out of the quarterback either. You can like McCarthy. You can like Knicks. Maybe Penix is there. Uh, there's different options. Michael Pratt isn't going to be a first round pick, but someone that the Broncos could look at, you know, with their third round pick. So they have options, but if it's me, I have a hard time pushing all the chips in to try and move up into the top three because you know those teams are going to want a bounty to get there. And you're talking about trading at least away PS2, this year's number 12 pick, and probably two more years of first-round picks. Do we really want to be a team that's operating without six years of first and second-round talent? Uh, I, I don't know, but it's, it's tough. I agree. I think they're more likely to – if they identify that this is our guy, I think they're more likely to trade up to like number 10 because they, you know, if their guy is available at 10, I think they're more likely to uh, give up a third and move up right there for their guy. But I, I, I agree. I don't think they're pushing all in. Um, but then that answers the question. They are, they are releasing Russ, right? There's no chance Russ is back. Yeah, I would they're... say after how everything played out, there's just no mm-hmm. way. So then who's, who takes the first snap? Is it Stidham? Are they going after your Winston-esque quarterback out there? Who's... Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I don't know. I, Garoppolo is probably a better quarterback than Stidham, but give me Stidham's bare-bones contract at this point. Every dollar counts. Yeah. But what we have here uh, is the draft order, the first 18 picks. It's just uh, just came out. Ding Brugler tweeted it out. Uh, uh, starting with the Bears via Carolina, then Commanders, Patriots, Cardinals, Chargers. Uh, of those, uh, Patriots, Commanders, Bears. So, so there's three quarterbacks there. Then the next five: Giants, Titans, Falcons, Bears, Jets. Uh, that's that. There's going to be a run on quarterbacks. 
to start this draft. Like I don't think we've seen since like 1983. Yeah. <laughs> Jets could take a quarterback. You know, they put all that money towards uh, Aaron Rodgers, but if once they have, there, the, they have uh, the, the Aaron waiting. Well, I I think that what they're going to need is a uh, is, is a lineman to protect poor old Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. every every team picking head of the Broncos, with the exception of the Chargers and perhaps the Cardinals, if they do keep uh, Kyler Murray, are in the market for a quarterback. Is there a good like blue chip defense attorney the uh, Jets can draft for Aaron Rodgers? You know that <laughs> that works well against like, slander and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so they might be in the market. Well, that attorney will have a hard time finding him in that sensory deprivation chamber. I'll hide yes. on ayahuasca. I don't know. Do you? Right, you know, do, you, do the Broncos draft a first-round quarterback this year? Like, yes or no? What do we think? What's your guess? Yes. I don't think so. I don't think they will. I'm afraid that this – for me, the most likely scenario is what Chris said. They're going to trade down to, like, 15. Then maybe they trade down again to 24, and we don't. Um, remember when we got Josh McDaniels? Sorry to ruin the vibe. But he said he could take any high schooler and turn him into an all-pro. Pardon me fears that Sean Payton has that. I can d- give me any guy. I'm smarter than everybody else. We'll draft our guy in the third round and we'll be fine. I so think Sean I, Payton has seen what life is like without Drew Brees and he wants a quarterback he can believe in. Could be. He, he, his game was always just to outscore everybody. And so if he gets a quarterback that he can believe in, um, he, he'll let the, he'll let the rest of the, the the roster atrophy just for that. Like he'll, yeah. he'll he needs that Drew Brees character. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So does everybody. 
Yeah. And, and the thing is, is, you know, like I've authored and talked about, like Sean Payton, I think is going to want to get a prospect in that room as soon as possible. For sure. It's just whether or not, here's the thing, like we could evaluate the prospects, we can watch tape, we can come to opinions, but what's really going to matter to Sean Payton more than anything, considering his offense is so complex, is getting those guys into Dove Valley for the interview process, watching them at the Senior Bowl, watching them at the Combine. How well do they actually do on the drawing board? Like how quickly can they pick up a system? Because we're now talking about is Jared Stidham going to be a placeholder? Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Is it Jacoby Brissett? Is it somebody else? You know, you're going to have to hope at some point in time in the rookie season, if the Broncos do take a quarterback, that that kid can actually grasp the playbook and actually run a decent portion of it. So I think that's going to be a big determining factor, yeah. perhaps even outside what you see on tape. So how, it's, it, it's going to be interesting. How well do you follow college football? Is there a prospect out there that just feels like a Sean Payton guy? Yeah, I've followed college football for a really long time. And to be honest with you, I think that when you look at J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix, and Bo Nix, they all have certain qualities that Sean would really like in a quarterback. The problem is, is with Bo Nix at Oregon, you look back to what he did at Auburn, and he wasn't in a, a good quarterback with the Tigers, and he basically got laughed out of there. He went to Oregon with a new coach and a new scheme, where 75% of the time they're throwing the ball at the line of scrimmage, or it's easily schemed up half field reads to their number one wide receiver. And he gets the ball out quick, but it's not like things are complex. He's not having a lot tasked of him. Yeah. Sure, he's 24 years old and he has a lot of collegiate football experience. That might play well just to be, you know, to the knowledge of the game. But <clears throat> he, I would not draft him at 12 overall. If the Broncos moved back and acquired some picks, I guess why not? Because at that point in time, you're in the bonus round. You've got some extra picks to go with it. Uh, Penix, he has had such a good collegiate football, you know, two years and his injuries are scary you know multiple shoulder injuries multiple acl tears but i think that he probably spins it and throws it better than any other qb in the draft it's just whether or not sean payton george payton etc would be willing to risk a, a top 12 pick on a guy with such crazy medicals i'm not too sure about that my my question with him is he does really great throwing out to the boundary and down uh down the field but as a middle of the field guy dealing with the pressure, that's just not something that we've seen a lot of with him. He, he did really good in, in the last playoff game in that regard, but that's still suspect. And honestly, in my opinion, I know I'm long-winded here. I think that J.J. McCarthy does fit the profile of what Sean Payton would want at quarterback. Uh, the unfortunate thing is he's never been really relied upon too heavily to win games for that Michigan team. But he's only 20 years old. He'll be 21 around the draft. And he's got a lot of room to grow. Uh, Penix and Knicks are already 24 years old. So you have that to look at. Uh, I think I said earlier in the podcast, I wouldn't have a problem with McCarthy at 12. Uh, but a lot of people probably would. But he gets the ball out quick. He's good on those short and intermediate routes. And he throws over the middle of the field. So I actually think he's a really good fit. You're just going to have to have a really successful team around him. And currently the Broncos have a lot of issues on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So... It'd be interesting, but I wouldn't have a problem with McCarthy at 12, if, if we're being honest. And I think that out of those three, he probably fits what Sean wants to do best. But then so here's the question. Michael was there Pratt anybody later? So, oh, sorry. Uh, here's the question. Was there anybody from today's game 
that made a case to be on the roster next year? Brandon Johnson. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. Brandon Johnson. I mean, there's more people who made a case not to be <laughs> than who, who made a case to be on the on the roster. <laughs> um, and we can Go do that on. with a lot of people. Like, for example, like is PS2 going to be on the roster next year? Obviously, he deserves to be, but will he be? We, there's probably like Garrett Bowles, Justin Simmons. We could go down the roster and say, is he going to be on the roster? Is there anybody on this roster who you're like, they're safe. They're definitely coming back. Pro- lower end guys, probably like McLaughlin because, you know, cheap contract, whatever. But of our supposed top tier guys, is there anybody that you're like, zero chance he's gone next year? I think Cortland Sutton that comes guy, back. Do we? Cortland Sutton comes back. He was reliable. Probably just by virtue of Denver really not having any legitimate threats outside of him on the roster at receiver. Yeah, in fact, we're probably going to have to cut Tim Patrick for salary cap reasons. Yeah, um, it's, it's and too bad that Tim Judy's got hurt back. the past two years. That sucks. I mean, then G- Jerry Judy's got a $13 million guaranteed fifth-year option, and if the Broncos don't have a decent quarterback, can the Broncos really justify keeping him on the roster at $13 million? Brandon what Johnson does that, the same thing for there was allegedly Eddie's. interest, you know, perhaps a, a third round and a fifth round pick for him at the deadline. Denver opted not to do that. Now they're in a situation where they might maybe get a sixth or seventh round pick to a team that has a lot of cap that's willing to take. Yeah. Uh, maybe that Jerry Judy will blow up with them. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, we're talking about potentially who might be here. I mean, we all love Justin Simmons. He's been a sure. great player and he's been great for the community. But given all the holes on defense and just on the roster, where is he getting the Broncos? I mean, Pro Bowl well-deserved this year, but sure. maybe he's someone you consider trading. Uh, Garrett Bowles. There you go. The Broncos have absolutely nobody in the hole behind him or McGlinchey to step in and take immediate reps at tackle and, for next season. And McGlinchey's not that guy either. Let's. No, I mean, they're stuck with them for at least next oh, year too. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. the terrible thing about it. I mean, I, I think Alex Palczewski, you know, their undrafted free agent out of Illinois, has a future with the team. But, man, just both There's, tackle spots, you just don't know. I yeah. mean, they have a lot of ambiguity on the roster, but it's going to be Sean Payton's show, even if uh, George Payton's coming back. And he's had an up-close and personal look at this whole roster, which, for the most part, he had nothing to do with building and it'll be up to him should they stay or should they go. And I, I would not be surprised at the least if the Broncos got rid of someone like Bowles or Justin Simmons just to get some draft capital in there to try and help the team out in the future because I'm not too sure what either of those guys do in, in the interim or short term for the Broncos. And, and you'd, you'd like to think that after all their years with the team just being on a losing team, they would probably gladly go somewhere else to be honest and they deserve a shot at the playoffs right they're both both good dudes who've put in their time who deserve a chance to feel to play for a winner and to have a chance at that ring i i would hate to lose either of them but i would get it right like i've said in a couple of my articles i think we're looking at an extraordinarily bare bones roster next year with a lot of young players and we're all operating under the assumption that russell wilson's gone they're going to be significantly limited to what they can do in free agency so having as many picks as possible and building out a roster with younger talent Forcing is people to come it's here. imperative it's it's going to be a must for them so that's you know kind of rolling back to our earlier conversation about quarterbacks all this kind of ties in together with the fact that I significantly doubt 
that the Broncos are very aggressive and trade all their picks to try to get yeah. one of their top QBs on the board. It's, I agree. It's, I don't uh, think it's picks. I think it's players. I think I I like I said earlier. I think that going into the draft, it's going to look significantly different than it does today. Like how so? Like moving back, more picks, less picks, moving up. Where's the difference coming? I I I don't know. I'd like moving up. I don't think I I I think it's unlikely we move up because it's so expensive to move up, and we've already, like Chris said, leveraged ourselves into oblivion uh, these last few years. Um, but uh, I, I see us moving players to accumulate picks, and so uh, I, I, there's no one, there's no prime candidate, there's nobody. I'm like, oh, it's definitely them. Uh-huh. But when that player or those players are moved, I won't be surprised. Yeah, I, I, I don't see us moving up for Caleb Williams, but if Sean is like, I can win with McCarthy, the kid from Michigan, and he's afraid he's going to be gone at nine or ten, I could see him moving up there because that's the roughly the value of what like a third round draft pick tossing a third in jerry judy or a fourth in jerry judy i'd be okay with that but if they gave up three first to go up and get somebody i don't think i'd be on board with that until he started winning us games then i'd say i knew it all along right yeah, I mean, and, and if they're gonna go that high for a quarterback you got to play him right away if you're going Absolutely. to give up your three you know selling the farm again that whoever that's for you got to play him right away but in the scenario that you mentioned hey, maybe they jump a couple other teams and trade a third-round pick to get a J.J. McCarthy. You don't necessarily have to have him play right away because you didn't mortgage three years of picks to get him. But if they made a gigantic leap up the boards, you just got to let them earn their stripes right away. And we saw that, you know, with the the Texans this year that Mm – CJ Stroud coming in, you know, and, and the Broncos likely aren't going to get that caliber of a quarterback. No, but but uh, let me ask you a question though. Like if they trade up for McCarthy, why not start him right away? Like if, if this kid can't beat out Jared Stidham, why are we drafting him? That's a good point. You, you just have to wonder. It's not necessarily more or less being able to beat out a Jared Stidham or another retread like Jimmy Garoppolo or uh, who else or whoever. Whoever, uh, yeah. Joey Brissett. It's just that, you know, it's a lot to handle a playbook and you probably just want to have someone who has NFL experience helping guide the team right away. But you never know. I mean, maybe he's a super quick learner and can pick up that playbook. Uh, you make a good point. I mean, if you're going to draft a quarterback early, you should probably play him. That, that, that That's true. And we've been through all that. Like sure. the, the drafting of Paxton Lynch and Drew Locke and everybody Ugh. sits on the bench and, and blah, blah, blah. And then they, they come out and then they fall on their face. And it's like, well, what were we waiting for? If like, those have both if, played right away, they'd be Hall of Famers. If they had played right away, <laughs> I, we would have known that they were me. losers and would have moved on <laughs> much faster. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Let's, I mean, just to get off the t- uh, quarterbacks for a moment. Is Javante Williams toast? Is he is he a player you try to run it back with next year? Or is he coming back from injury and he just kind of basically ran out of gas? And do you think we'll see a better version of him next year? Because whoever the quarterback is next year needs a better running game than we got this year. And so where's that running game coming from? That's a good point. And that's something I wrote in instant reaction uh, after the game today is that whoever the Broncos quarterback is, they need a much better performance from their running backs this year. I thought Julio McLaughlin and Samaje Pirine looked better as rushers than Javante Williams did throughout the course of the season. And I think that his catastrophic injury probably had something to do with his mediocre performance this year. Sure. Uh, 
but his vision's just not there on a lot of things. He's just not hitting those cutback lanes. He's just literally running into his linemen half the time, which is just absurd. The unfortunate thing is, is we've talked about the Broncos don't have a lot of picks, so I wouldn't expect them to spend either their first, obviously first round, no way. Third round, probably no way, but someone in the middle rounds, absolutely, they should add uh, into the picture, but it's not something that you have to worry. I, the team's not going to get rid of Javante Williams. They're obviously going to bring him back, but they definitely need someone better in that room to help that room out. Uh, I think they tap the free agent market again. Why oh not? God. Like, I, there's going to be plenty. Not spend a be dime on a free available. agent running back. Maybe Josh Jacobs. Who knows? I mean, yeah, no, I, was, I, I would rather bring back Javante than spend any significant draft capital or any significant free agent money on the running back position. Um, Because sometimes with those big injuries, it takes you a year to get back. But I I don't know. I, you could find a better running back in the fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, Jaleel McGoffin undrafted. I I, I wouldn't put capital to it, but I think everybody in Bronco country is really rooting for uh, Pookie. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's, everybody loves him. He runs hard, but yeah, it was, it was rough watching him these last few uh, few months. Yeah, it's it's been underwhelming for sure with his performance, and some of that's on the old line. But yeah, he this was not a good year for him. I'll give him a mulligan. He definitely deserves to come back next year, and you know maybe he'll return to form. But I absolutely think that the Broncos need to add somebody into that room via the draft to come in and compete because I don't know if you can give him a second contract. Uh, oh, God, no. P. Ryan coming back. He's he was only on a two year deal. And Jim, Jaleel McLaughlin played really well as an undrafted rookie free agent, and I think that they're going to look for a more expanded role for him next year. But uh, competition helps, and I do believe that they need to get someone in that room. Yeah, uh, they need virtually help at every position. Everyone. Yeah, I mean, but like, but Sam uh, Pirine and McLaughlin, I think part of the reason they looked so good is because they were situational players. I don't think either of them screams to me every down back. Oh God, no, nope. But as far as like needing more talent for rooms greg dulcich like pl- over under 20 catches next year either way we need to add somebody to that room sure. greg dulcich everybody loves him he's got cool hair i look forward to watching him play <laughs> for one game but you, do we do you, you you can't count on him going forward right anything you get from him is a bonus but you got to add a tight end as much as anything especially with a rookie quarterback right yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lucas Kroll, I mean, I'll give the team credit with that. I mean, he looked pretty decent in the limited games that we got to see him play. But as you mentioned, I mean, you can't really go into next year thinking that a room of Lucas Kroll, uh, Greg Dulcich, Chris Manhurts, and Nate Adkins, who is an undrafted free agent they have, is good enough at the tight end position as well. They definitely should look to draft someone there too, but we run into the prog- problem that they only have what six picks right now? You can't draft everybody. No, so and, and that's the thing. It's just circling back to where we've already been before. That's why I really do think that unless someone blows them out of the water at the quarterback position, that could be in striking distance for them. I absolutely think that they trade back to get picks to have more potentialities in the draft to bring in these prospects because I can't really think of any position on the roster where you could look at it and be like, "Ah, oh, we don't need to address that in the draft." Or, Oh, we're going to be fine there. I mean, it's, <laughs> no, I wouldn't address it in the draft or the punter. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, no, yeah. I see you're, no, you, but you're right. The best player available every single time we pick will be at a position of need. That's how bare bones this team is. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and the, the, the crazy thing about it is that we all got pretty hyped up when the Broncos went on that five game winning streak. It was wonderful. But, but like you alluded to earlier, Mike, like just the uncanny amount of turnovers that they were able to generate, like 14 in that five games, like that was almost a league record. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, like it was nice to like have that good feeling like, oh, the Broncos are relevant again. But I, I like to think about it. I guess I don't like to think about it. But like just how that five game mythology like really set back the Broncos potentiality in the years to come. Like 12th isn't a bad place to be picking, but a couple of those wins were, were quite lucky. I mean, we're, we're talking about the difference between a top five game changing potential pick and where we're at right now, which is kind of no man's land. We're on the outside looking in 12 not we, bad, but five would have been better. Seven would have been better. And the last time uh, we picked top five, we got Bradley Chubb who underwhelming at best, but he brought a Sean Payton. So picking high doesn't solve all the problems but yeah i'd rather have a higher pick than that that five game winning streak was fun but a year from now we'll forget all about it and we'll what we'll be thinking about is who we have now and and who did we miss out on yeah i mean if they would have been picking 18th which would have just been a disaster yeah right i'm glad we're not picking 18th Uh guys we are 35 minutes into the post game uh podcast for something something broncos uh the loss to the Raiders. Yeah, there was a game, but it's it, it doesn't matter. Like like you say, like it's, it, uh, all anybody cares about is what we're going to do, not what we've done. We're turning the page on this lackluster season. It wasn't a, it wasn't a burning wreckage season like uh, like many had Why forecasted. Myself and and Mike uh, in particular uh, to start the season, but uh, it certainly didn't finish the way that most Bronco fans. Want. It feels like a um, so let's let's put a bow on this and uh, C- Chris uh, share with us uh, the greatest play or player or thing that you saw this season that uh, inspired you. The greatest player player or thing that I saw that inspired me. Yes, holy cow! You know, I'm just this is going to probably just be cliche, but you think about just this conversation we had for the past half hour and what we don't have. Man, I'm thankful that we have Patrick Sertan the second on our team. Like a phenomenal player, someone that you want to keep around for a long time. The Broncos are in the pursuit of virtually everything right now, but at least we have him. So I know that we've talked about potentially trading him to get a quarterback. I don't want to see him go anywhere. It's been years since the Broncos have ever had a draft pick as successful as him. I think you'd have to go back to Von Miller in 2011 when we nabbed him two overall. So I'm just glad that he's on the team and that he had another solid season. This We've got a top player at corner in the league, and that's important. I guess that's all I can say. That's my pick, I guess. What about you, Mike? I liked seeing uh, Cortland Sutton step up and kind of be the player that we thought he could be. And, you know, you hear with, like, Judy, it's like, oh, he's sabotaged by not having a good quarterback. Sutton's playing with a good quarterback, and he made his quarterback look better. And it was nice to see somebody on this team overperforming. Uh, everything Chris said about PS2 was right, of course, but that's also kind of what you expected. Sutton's year was a little bit more of a, a surprise. He did more than I thought he was going to do, and so I really liked that. He was one of the few players who really stepped up and went above and beyond what he could have been. For me, I got to say it was uh, Marvin Mims. Uh, I really liked uh, what he brought to the table, and not only in the return game, but 
imagine if we had a quarterback that uh, that could see him uh, yeah. on the field, uh, that would throw him the ball. Um, they threw a lot of screens to him. There's a lot. Well, but I I think he can do a little more than screens. Yeah. I think that's that's kind of he was a little hamstrung by um, the vision and the abilities of of those throwing him the ball. Um, yeah, he was arguably the best receiver in the history of Texas high school football. Like truly, he needs to be involved a whole hell of a lot more next year. His utilization in the passing game this year, after like the first four games, was terrible. That was arguably one of the Broncos' biggest blunders all year long is not getting him more reps at receiver. I have no idea why he wasn't targeted more. Sad. I don't think he was seen. I I, I just think that yeah. Cortland Sutton was the first read, and there were no other reads unless it was a little dump off. Well, because uh, Russ had his back to the uh, – if the first read wasn't there, his back was to the line of scrimmage, and he was running around even when he didn't need to. So, yeah, it was no doubt that Mims could have been better. Some well, that's it for something something Broncos post game edition. Uh, that's it for twenty twenty three season. Uh, Chris, you're going to be doing off season shows for for uh, the the fans first sports network Mile High Broncos podcasts. I yep. uh, want to talk a little bit about that. What's coming up? Yeah, I'm expecting to hit the ground running here in the very short future as far as the off season goes. Whether it's free agency or the draft, that's something I feel comfortable talking about. So. I'm looking forward to bringing you guys podcasts about the potentialities for the Broncos to get better via free agency in the draft. So look forward to that. Have a lot of content coming your way. And uh, Mike and I will uh, hopefully keep something, something Broncos regular show edition uh, going on uh, this off season. We've kind of been talking about some like, exciting, fun things to do. I, I kind of live with um, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to slap you right in your penis. I am. And um fuck it's been a it's been a good season guys thank you for so much for uh i, I mean a good season of podcasting oh, it's okay, been a okay, very okay. hard football season right. but it's been a good season of of podcasting and it's been a lot of fun uh joining you guys each week to uh hash it out uh as we descend further and further into orange madness you're a legend for a reason jess it's fun podcasting with you shut up nerd <laughs> chris have a great <laughs> Off season, and I look forward to uh, hearing all your draft analysis. Analysis. Me too. Me too. Yep. Yeah. Appreciate it, guys. All we'll right. Through this next year, will be better. We promise. Next year, we're going to be worse, but hopefully, <laughs> with an upward trajectory, the makings of a plan, a foundation laid. But I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. It's a lie, and that's enough to get me hot. All right, guys. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. That's right. <laughs>